Hey everyone, we welcome you all to another episode of the Cosmic Matrix podcast. Today with your hosts Bernhard Gunther and Laura Matsu. So in this episode, we want to take a look back, so to speak, reflect a little bit on the past six or seven months since the beginning of this year, because obviously 2020 has been quite a ride so far. And it all started, you know, astrologically, maybe with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction Capricorn to kind of set off these energies, the blueprint, and then also on a global collective level with COVID and the pandemic or pandemic rather. So let's look at it, you know, a little bit holistically over the past six months and base it on our, you know, what we also call the fourfold approach of holistic self-work. You know, look at it multidimensional from a physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual perspective, right? From the microcosm cosm of, of the self to the macrocosm of the bigger picture. And um, also sharing a little bit about our own experiences and what we've, we've been through. And so, um, yeah, where do you want to start? Um, yeah, let's start at the beginning of this year. Uh, I know for me personally is very interesting because this crisis is, is affecting everyone differently depending on what they need to learn on a soul level. Cause Pluto and Saturn are very karmic planets, you know, and very different. So when they join together, um, they have, I mean, they destroy and they build at the same time. Um, and what I actually noticed on a personal level is that the Saturn was squaring, which means the Saturn-Pluto conjunction was squaring my son when it was exact. And so how that impacted me um, was this year, like we've been working harder than ever since this crisis hit, like we've been busier than ever with our online work, with coaching people, with me doing astrology readings, you know? So, and that's, an, that's basically my own personal soul lev- lesson that, that, ha- that happened at the beginning of this, you know, I have really had to step into a sense of responsibility. Um, you know, I had to generate, the inner resources I had to really, um, you know, be of service to others in the best capacity that I could. So there was a complete restructuring of like our work that needed to happen. Um, and so that's going to affect everyone differently. And what I do know, I've been really diving into evolutionary astrology the past year now and, Pluto is definitely a planet which has been very intimate to my life because it's conjuncting my sun. So I've been through these Plutonian processes throughout my entire life. And so I understand them very well in that sense. And I do know that the more that you suppress and the more that you don't engage with this transformative transformative process that Pluto will bring to you at certain key points in your life, especially when it's aspecting a planet or collectively we're going through a collective Pluto-Saturn process, the more that it will, um, you'll experience it as an unexpected outer event, basically. So that's why, you know, um, with, with these kind of processes, it's really important that we do the necessary inner work and, and, and take it as an opportunity. Because if we don't, then an outer event will arrive in our lives. Some sort of cataclysmic change is what they refer to it as in evolutionary astrology. So we can have slow, intentional growth where we explore our triggers and use them as material for self-awareness. We can go into our traumas and shadows um, and look at that and look at them as a tool for greater self-awareness, or we can avoid it until literally we end up in a relationship or a job that forces us to confront those things. So that's what I see happening is to the extent and to the extent that you've dealt with certain areas of your life, which are asking for your attention, this will be um, a disruptive process um, or not, basically. So if you've done a lot of prep work for this, you know, a lot of people are thriving actually during this time. I've seen that. And they're because they've, they've been preparing for this for years. And that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. 
it also becomes very paradoxical because like you mentioned, there is, you know, the personal mi- microcosm view of how it affects us personally on, on various levels. Mm. Also from a soul evolutionary perspective in regards to quote unquote soul purpose or soul growth in light of the evolution of consciousness, which is not always pleasant. You know, that's what it comes down to. People understand when you do uh, sincerely engage in inner work, shadow work, wounds, trauma that definitely come out in this day and age when the rubber hits the road, it doesn't feel good, no. right? So it's not about, you know, tr- you cannot possibly, I mean, I'm, I have almost respected this point for anybody it, being able to spiritual bypass what's happening right mm-hmm. now. But it's paradoxical because it, you know, we see the outer events from again, like the fourfold approach, 3D level, how there's a lot of um, the Orwellian, draconian forces, matrix forces are clamping down, you know, with their control mechanisms. We've definitely seen this in regard to COVID, especially in Australia recently as well, as I talked to Matthew in my last podcast, but all, all over the world, right? There's a immense censorship happening on social media and media in general, lies and corruption. All is becoming more obvious and there's an obvious splitting happening like a divide and conquer between the quote left or right or however you want to identify that. Uh, but ultimately, it's between truth and lies and between the divine and anti-divine forces. But like you said, from the bigger picture, you can see it in astrology, even from the, quote, divine perspective, in light of the evolution of consciousness, it has its purpose. This is the time of transition we're in, the mm-hmm. apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And the apocalypse also means, by the way, people mistake to uh, mean it as the end of the world. It's maybe the end of the world as you know it, but ap- apocalypse literally means unveiling, you know, to pierce through the veil of reality to uh, it's disillusionment mm. and disillusionment is actually a positive thing. Mm-hmm. People, you know, we all, a lot of people go to this disillusionment and like you said, some people are more comfortable that who have already engaged in this process for years. People who have, you know, done the inner work or taken the red pill and seek truth. We have gone through our own death and rebirth cycles several times. That's what Pluto is really about yeah. and disillusionments. But disillusionment literally means um, piercing through illusion, getting rid of illusion, that the illusions are being exposed. So that's a good thing in order to see truth within yourself and the world. But it's not a pleasant process because most people then externalize it and still fall in victim and blame. And that's that's what we see happening yeah. a lot as well. Yeah, that's where the, the shift needs to happen for you to also um, work with, especially an energy like Saturn. Is It's really about taking responsibility for everything that happens to you. Taking responsibility for your triggers, taking responsibility for how you show up in the world, taking responsibility for every single thing in your life. That's like the highest element of a of a Capricorn is like, you know, they take responsibility for their life. They go out there, they make something of themselves. They make sure that a ref- life is a reflection of the life that they want to live. And I, I was actually thinking about the other day, um, I moved to nature to be, to try and live off grid in 2016. And I remember because I was in a cabin that had really poor insulation that winter that Donald Trump first got elected. And I was like, holy shit, I just knew something was happening. I wasn't for or against it, but I was like, yes, finally, like something's happening. Um, but I felt that we were heading into some some sort of different era even then, which is why my own like and I see a lot of people going through that now. That's why I'm speaking to it where they're like, oh, I'm just going to move to a community and learn how to grow my own food. I'm going to live off grid. And I can tell you that I personally tried that and it sucks. <laughs> Like if you don't have like, if you're used to turning on a stove to make heat, you try, try to cook your food on, um, on a fireplace. Like just tell me how long that takes. Cause it takes hours. Um, but I see a lot of people engaging in that kind of escapism as if there's an alternative, as if there's a way out, as if there's like a utopia that you can go to where everything is going to be okay. And if you want to be a farmer for the rest of your life, then by all means, you should go out and do it because that will give you more than enough work farming, growing your own food. Because you know? that's what it comes down to. This uh, You're yeah. talking idea of like moving into nature, yeah, growing yeah. your own food, you become a farmer. Exactly, exactly. If, if you want to be self-sustainable, most of these like eco-villages are not 100% self-sustainable in that sense. They do grow their own food to some extent, but not 100%. And then number two is... 
your problems will follow you wherever you go. And that was, if one lesson that I learned from living at an intentional community in Eco Village from 2016 to before we got married is that there's no escaping the world. There's no escaping your problems. There's no escaping your issues with other humans. It will all show up wherever you go. So if you decide to go live in an intentional community, you will face the same shit that you're dealing with, with your neighbor who, who supports a different political party than you do. It's like, that's, that's the thing is we think that there's a way out. We think there's a way to escape. Um, and there's really not like, and I'm totally all for growing food and being more sustainable. I actually feel that in a sense, this kind of lockdown was a, was a, um, it was a reflection of Uranus and Taurus because Uranus is like sudden change into Taurus type uh, activities, which is like learning how to make your own food at home, you know, like hoarding uh, and just being more a homebody, you know, like all of us has kind of learned how to do that, which I think is not necessarily a, a bad thing. You know, not that I'm for the lockdowns and taking away your freedom. I'm just seeing that that's the move that we're going into in a direction. But basically, you know, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to point at is that, we need to take responsibility for all the parts of our lives that we haven't took responsibility for right now. And that also includes our internal soul work and our internal work that we're here to do right now. And that's kind of how to work with these energies. Yeah. And just to be clear, what you just said, it's not like we discourage community or off-grid living or growing your own food. Not at all. Be for it, but don't uh, delude yourself that this is going to take care of everything as an escape mechanism. Yeah. Right. We're all for community, in fact, and conscious communities, but conscious community also entails a lot of inner work, psychological work, shadow work, and, and working in within quote relationship because all these are relationships. Yeah. But, you know, so let's just, I want to recap a little bit from a basic 3d level, what happened, you know, obviously, um, you know, all the, this lockdown and, and the COVID scare happened around, what, already February? I remember I wrote this article, uh, Corona Fear Virus and the Forces of Illness, in the end of February, just when it all started, you know? Yeah. And I've updated it several times, but since then, it's still the whole premise of the article, which you can find on my website, uh, com, still holds up because the, my premise was basically the main vir- virus we're dealing with uh is the fear virus. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's being installed, you know? And you can go into, you know, whatever technali- technicalities of COVID and what happened and the, the information and the contradictions from COVID and the who and the numbers and all of that and the tests. It's all like, you know, it's so paradoxical. Um, but, you know, I think one person who laid it out very well was uh, Mickey Willis, I think, has both of his films, Plandemic 1 and 2, which were highly censored. Uh, but regardless, it is really this fear virus that has overcome people, yeah. uh, which then that's why they give away their freedom, right? Yeah. When you are stuck in fear, uh, externalized, externalized, you're easier controlled and you give away your freedom. So that's what I've been seeing happening over the past few months. But at the same time, you know, like what we also talked about, you know, I remember like first, uh, you know, we were even like against stocking up food and whatnot, like because of this fear frequency, but then everybody else was hoarding and we were forced when we were mm-hmm. living back in LA to mm-hmm. also like, okay, we need to like get some food yeah, um, uh, because everything was sold out, yeah. but it's this ripple effect, right? And then I think we can also maybe talk personally about us. Our personal lesson was also more like, okay, we need to also... Ha- have practical action and considerations yeah not to escape and like all oh, everything is fine and good and you know what i mean in this mental disassociated realm but also having practical steps not out of fear but conscious preparation yeah that's right? th- that's honestly like one of the one of the biggest tauruses i know she's been preparing for the apocalypse for like 20 years now <laughs> And like, she's so ready, like generator, everything, like just everything you could possibly imagine. But what I'm saying is that there's a certain amount of like looking ahead and preparation and that actually kind of grounds you in that. And there's a certain sense of security that you get, you gain out of that, you know? So a lot of us, um, and you can also use that to a pathological extent by like hoarding for security, but we need to be looking ahead and we need to be strategizing right now. And that's the way to be thinking, I guess. Yeah. And for us, what also can be on the food, but at some point we both felt, you know, we're living in Topanga Canyon, close to Los Angeles, yeah. in California. 
And this deep, like, was this internal signal of like, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Right? It's mm -hmm. been building like something. And it was not coming out of this like paranoid fear, but something like almost more like a gut instinct. It was instinct. Right? Yeah. So it was instinct. instinct. And something, that was mainly me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, but I also felt personally like it's been building up. I yeah. couldn't, you know, didn't vibe with, with California or um, Topanga for a while anymore. Also, this neoliberal energy that has, you know, taken over like a cancer in a sense, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, this virtual signaling. But we got in early on because I remember in April, May, April, I think we started looking yeah, sometime to places there, yeah. like, let's, yeah. how about Arizona, Sedona, have been there a few times, loved it there. And we took a few trips up there. We, I remember actually we took a trip up there right when this whole, after COVID, this whole, by the way, if people still remember, <laughs> what was his name? George Flynn? George? The, the, the George Floyd? Floyd, I'm sorry. Yeah. George Floyd who got murdered. Yeah. Whatever, by, by the way, whatever happened to the cop who supposedly killed him? Like, is uh, he, he's, I think he's still in custody or something. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's a psyop. Psyop meaning that not that the murder didn't happen or whatnot. Who knows? But it was definitely... Um, they used it for they political. used it for political purpose, and then this whole race card all of a sudden BLM came out of nowhere, and the riots started. Yes, and though during that time, remember we we couldn't even drive through LA because the riots were in LA. We had to go around towards Sedona. Yeah, and we started looking for places, and then finally, like through amazing synchronicities, that's also there's there's on that note, we want to talk about this as well. There's this higher guidance you can tap into personally for you that helps you in these times there's a silver lining if you don't aren't trapped in a trauma state which trauma. we're going to talk, talk about exactly. a bit later yeah but just on a personal note that's you know so we moved here to Sedona now like been here have been here now two and a month two months two and a half months or something like that yeah it's been the best decision you know so far in this year for us to be made yeah right because there is a mass exodus happening in California Totally. Right now it's crazy and I don't blame them yeah. right now as California is turning more into like a, some sort of communist nightmare. Um, so I also like from going back to the practical consideration, as I mentioned in the newsletter sent out to, to people on my mailing list, is also like consider where you live. It's not about, again, everybody's different. We're not saying do what we do, right? But consider, you know, where you are if and don't get, trapped in the idea that everything will be just going back to normal really reassess mm. on practical levels you're not where you live if you're in a dense uh, population a big city you know who your yeah. neighbors are what the vibe is the energy for us it was mostly the energy yeah LA, and I, right? I also want to just also say that there's a fine line because wherever you go there you are too so you're yeah. gonna any issues you're having in your life in your relationships or your personal process that's gonna come with you where you go exactly maybe you'll have like a romantic phase where you'll forget about it for a while because you'll be surrounded by a new environment but just also you know, don't think that it's going to solve everything for you. And don't think that like, oh, if I move to Sedona like them, everything will be okay. It's no, no. not the case. <laughs> like, but however, like right now, like I think you pointed out something really important is that don't be resting on the idea that this is all going to go back to normal suddenly. Be thinking long-term. Yes, long-term and exactly in terms of, you know, also your own life and questioning, because that's what you mentioned at the beginning from a quote positive sense, understanding the bigger picture. Because if you get stuck just on a 3D level, what's happening in the world, you're just glued on the internet and get information, you're stuck in analysis paralysis, you miss out on the bigger opportunity here, mm -hmm. right? Like as everything is disintegrating, even if you may have lost your job and a hardship, it may actually do, do you work in your favor, push you into something where you can realize yourself more. Right. And learn lessons, you know, just because something quote bad happened in, in your limited perspective, perspective doesn't mean it's going to uh, get even worse, but maybe the necessary, um, you know, deconstruction basically, or breakdown in order to birth something new. Yeah, exactly. I've been seeing that because I've been doing pretty much astrology readings like since this all started, just there's been an influx of people wanting astrology readings. But what I've noticed is that 
I mean, I just also can relate to this in my own life. Like it's never a loss to lose a job or a situation or a relationship on a soul level, especially during times like this, anything that's taken away from you, most likely that once again, referring to this kind of Plutonian energy that was necessary. And also I noticed a trend in a lot of the people who I'm doing readings for, maybe it's because they come to me, who knows, but a lot of people who have like very strong Aquarius aspects in their chart, in some way, they're a bit, a bit of a rebel or a revolutionary or a little bit ahead of their time in a sense. They've had their quote unquote comfortable job like ripped from them. And what I'm seeing on a collective level is that we're going to need for the next few decades. That's really, this is a long game, by the way. Um, we're going to need more people who are actually truly aligned with the purpose that they're meant here to do, be, to do, you know, like it's like, there's some truth to this idea of like all these light workers who are going to be activated on the planet, you know, into their soul mission, because a lot of people have, and this is the system that we live in. You get into job for based on security reasons and what society expects of you or what your parents expect of you or what your peers expect of you. That's again, the shadow side of Saturn is like adapting your individuality for what society wants of you, not what's actually truly aligned with what, what you are, uh, what you're in integrity with, you know? So a lot of people have done that and they've gotten into careers and jobs and lives that don't, aren't a reflection of who they truly are. And then they end up living separate lives. Like they have their spiritual life or their whatever life. And then they have their outer life. And it's normal to have some degree of um, distance between them, but don't compartmentalize it. Mm -hmm. And so what I see is a lot of people um, basically, you know, if you're not willing to adapt and grow from these changes, the outer world as an act of compassion will sometimes rip things away from you, which aren't necessarily uh, in alignment with your highest soul mission. And that's just how it works. That's why it's actually better long, long term to just go along with the changes uh, willingly rather than resist them. Because this is, this is the kind of era we're in. We're in this era of drastic change. Yeah, that actually reminds me, which I also want to share maybe a lot of listeners or followers of our work or my work are not aware of. During this time when we are, this whole COVID happened, the lockdown back in February, March, April, uh, I lost my job in, in uh, Los Angeles, Topanga Canyon, because, you know, uh, I used to work, had a lot of clients, home clients for body work, massage and body work. Obviously, I couldn't do that anymore. Private clients at home. And also, I was working at a, a retreat center in Malibu, Calabasas for many years, just, you know, part-time, but it was very good income. They paid me very well. I got actually myself into my comfort zone. Yeah. Right. And mentioned, talking about double lives, and that's what I've been leaving too on some level. I mean, I, people know the, the work I do on Veil of Reality, on, on social media, and what we talk about in those podcasts. But then, you know, I have a whole different life when I was working at this place because obviously I had to be extremely ex uh, um Externally, externally considerate. There was it was more like a quote unquote high end retreat in Malibu, Calabasas. I mean, there were celebrities there, very rich, rich high end. You know, people maybe from the one percent. But I had a great relationship with the owner. Had great you know, work. People loved my work, but I had could not obviously share what you know. I had to be very careful what I was talking about and all these things. So I felt you know it was like living a double life in the sense. Yeah. But then when this COVID thing happened, obviously they shut down, and you know I lost a substantial um, uh, income. Uh, not substantial, uh, but yeah, you know, like a large uh, chunk of a your large chunk, like yeah. you know, at least like half. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what came down for me. That's you know, so considering the living cost in LA, that's really you know. Um, was necessary, but you know, the silver lining was what's, what's building up, what my soul wanted to do, or like my inner, you know, drive to begin with, to focus more on my own work, or our own work together as mm -hmm. entrepreneurs mm -hmm. to build our own business. So yeah. it really forced me, forced us to do that. Yeah. Right. To really, okay, we need to now really focus on that. I have no quote unquote safety net to fall back onto of this like very. You know, my monthly checks or bi-weekly checks I got of just showing up, doing a massage. Yeah. So that really forced me to, you know, okay, I need to, you know, um, focus more on what I actually uh, has been building up for years anyways. And that's what we've been doing, mm -hmm. right? And then you see once you really do uh, make that jump, you know, and, and really have that faith 
doors open where there door, have been no doors before. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it doesn't require work. It definitely requires work and dedication. Yeah, right. Yeah. And also, um, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. But you know, that's what it comes. To, that's how we can use these times to find the silver lining because yeah. it, it pushes us out of our comfort zone. And instead of going into victim and like, oh my god, you know, and like trying to get the checks from the government, you know, which can be mm, a trap in itself, mm-hmm. which I also never applied for. I could have done it. Um, so that kind of gives you the drive and even the motivation and the creativity to, um, really uh, realize yourself, like not from, from a spiritual perspective, but you know, from your pr- uh, perspective of following your bliss. Yeah. And I, and that also ties into this physical perspective. So the first thing I just want to be very clear with this. So we're talking about the fourfold approach of holistic self-work, which is what we cover in our sessions when coaching people. We also cover it in our courses. And the first place to look is a physical perspective. So basically what this means is physical is not just diet exercise. It's your physical resources. So do you have enough to support you? Are you living paycheck to paycheck? Are you greatly in debt? You know? All of these things are also going to come up right now, you know? And so it's easier said than done to be like, to tell people, oh, you just need to move and then, you know, live wherever you want. Some people don't have the possibility to do it, but it is possible to go from one stage to the other. It just takes work. Like I had to, I mean, this is what I did. I knew what I wanted to do um, and I really wanted to work. I was already doing like tarot and astrology readings for a while now. Not professionally, but I really knew I wanted to take the jump and I really knew that it wasn't in my future to be employed under someone. It just wasn't working for me. They hated me because they just say like every single employer I went to, cause I was just too, it was almost like like the, 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 the kind of person I was, was not someone who they, they felt threatened by me in some way, basically. So I couldn't avoid that. And it was also a way the universe was like tapping me on the shoulder and being like, you got to get out of these kind of jobs, you know? So what I did is I worked and I saved. And then every time I saved, I educated myself in the areas that I was passionate about. And then sometimes I would run out of money and I would have to go back to a normal job again, you know, but I worked, I saved, I spent money on my education, my training. And that's how I made the jump is it was a hustle. It was a serious hustle. And I went in debt for a period too, but I went in debt with the mindset that, this is temporary and I know if I work hard and I know since I'm following something I'm passionate about, it will eventually pay off. And then it did, you know? So like we have to, we have to learn how to hustle in this way as well. So if we're not in a situation or if we're in debt, you know, we need to figure out how to hustle. You don't want to just be paying the minimum amount on your credit card and just be like, be in debt forever. You have to figure out money management skills. You have to figure out other ways, you know, and there's a way out of everything because basically what's happening right now, the physical world is being shifted. Like Saturn structures are dissolving, meaning like uh, legacy media, mainstream medicine, the, even the government structure is most likely going to shift in the next few decades. Um, all of these old structures are shifting and there's also the opportunity to build something new as well. So this is the time, if you've always been wanting to do something or to follow some sort of tra- passion of yours that you're really passionate about and that you know that you're really good at because you are passionate about it because the two go hand in hand, now is the time to actually make that jump and not make excuses. Like I never made excuses when I wanted to do what I wanted to do because I was like, this is what I need to do. Like why, why else would I, why would I live my life for someone else or someone else's programming? And that's also a Saturn lesson is like, have you been living your life based on what society expects of you or is it a reflection of your own values? And now's the time to make these physical changes basically. Exactly. Or maybe it's just, you're out of shape or something (laughs) and you really need to get your health back on track. Like, begin with the physical always be like it definitely um the issues in our life are multi-dimensional but without the physical foundation to hold you if your health is poor if you're you know struggling financially then nothing in your life also can expand based off of that um, um a weak physical foundation yeah and that's the key the foundation and building especially like going back to astrology with the saturn pluto conjunction especially in capricorn pluto and capricorn and Capricorn is the slow builder. 
it needs we need to build the foundation. Yeah. You know, that goes back again to this fourfold approach of holistic self work. I mean, you know, you have done uh, sessions for many years, myself included. We've worked with thousands of people literally over the years in groups and retreats and one on one. And what we're missing, what really comes down to is again the foundation. Many people, like many of us, myself included, in the past as well, we can easily fall into spiritual, even psychological bypass. And we think we have, oh, we need this is already I've done this. I need need more advanced stuff and and all these things when we don't have our foundation. Yeah, ready the groundedness. You know, you actually, if you really dive, uh, study the mystery schools and esoteric teaching, the secret schools is not they try to withhold information to. Uh, sub in to control people that those are other like the uh, you know malevolent maybe secret societies but the true esoteric schools they understood that you have to be at a certain level of being a certain foundation mm-hmm. before you can engage in the higher spiritual esoteric work yeah, yeah. Gurdjieff is the best example of his work he didn't accept people who weren't a good obivatal he said like a good worker who have their basic life necessities together yeah. and also so, uh, are able to handle um, the the monetary, uh, physical, you know, uh, money issues in their life, regardless what you may think of how the economy is screwed, the debt system, the money system, and all of that, currencies and all of that. Yes, we know the economy is manipulated, but don't use that as an excuse, right? Mm-hmm. Also to get your foundation ready that you can essentially invest into yourself. Yeah. So that's that foundation is necessary on the physical and ties obviously also in basic physical health, diet, and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, before we can engage in the higher work, that's why this fourfold approach, you know, we always talk about and uh, needs to be based on this foundation. It's so key. Like I can't even, and I understand this very personally because um, I have some astrological aspects. My North Node is basically in Taurus. So it's my lesson to actually learn how to really ground this second house uh the second house lesson about the physical, the importance of the five senses, the physical world, you know, and, and Taurus is actually opposite Scorpio in the uh, Zodiac. And what that basically means is that there's an evolutionary journey you have to take to go from Taurus to Scorpio or Scorpio to Taurus in the sense that you can't, and, and, and Scorpio is about deep, soul transformation, deep transformation. It's about like sex, death, taxes, all the stuff that we try and avoid um, and intimacy. And so we can't build, we can't go through these crises unless we, well, at least with, unless we have this solid foundation. And that's what I see time and time again is like, a lot of people um, take this aesthetic as broke to spirituality where they completely, I, I even took it myself, you know, and I was very ungrounded and it was much harder to get some solid inner work done when I was very ungrounded because you're in, you're going to be in a survival state all the time. That's the issue is if you're worried about if you can pay for food, like think about what that does you know, to the subconscious and the psyche, You're, there's going to be an underlying survival fear there. And that's a right, rightfully so a survival fear. So you need to figure that stuff out. And I noticed at the very beginning of my own personal journey, the first place I had to, I had to look, I had to rebuild my body because I had taken so many uh, prescription drugs for so long. But um, I had to figure out, number one, a diet that worked for me. And number two, I was like working out like multiple times a day to like detox my body and stuff. But that was me just building the physical foundation and getting that sorted. So it's really important that we not undervalue the importance of taking care of our basic physical health, not seeing it as an end-all be-all, but it's extremely important. It's the house that we live in. So we need to have that foundation before we go deeper into other work, which leads us to the second part. Um, Are you ready to move into the second category? Um, I just wanted to mention real quick, um, before we move into that, it came to me, because it ties a bit into, you know, "Quote unquote reality creation," which is maybe it's a whole topic on its own, and we get deep into it in our course. Um, and because it's not black and white, it's not that oversimplified, complete distorted New Age, the secret version of just think positive thoughts and everything. You're in the solipsistic bubble, right? But it reminded me of what you just mentioned about um, you know if you're worried about money and you go to groceries, oh my, I can't afford this and all of that. Mm-hmm. I went through this years ago. I noticed that, you know, that the mind state still affects on some level. 
So mm. it's really like watching you. My where are these thoughts coming any from anyway? We had a whole podcast on this matrix program, program called poverty consciousness or scarcity consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not implied that oh, you think rich thoughts all of a sudden money will appear out of nowhere like this completely distorted New Age version. But there's truth to be uh, something to be said about your mindset. You know, if you constantly like think like I cannot do this, I cannot do this, mm. can't afford this. You yeah. Know? So I learned myself years ago already when I go to grocery store because. Personally, that's the last thing I want to save money on is what goes into my body. Mm-hmm. I want the best high quality food. So I just like, this is what I need to buy, need to afford, be able to afford in order to be healthy. right? Yeah. And that's worked. And the more I had this attitude, then more actually opened up, the more resources came to me. Yeah. Right. And do you want to say something? No, yeah. yeah, I can wait. Yeah. I just wanted to also mention then, you know, in this day and age, this is also the Capricorn lesson. And I wrote about it recently on on Facebook. Is about integrity and sincerity, right? The more we're in integrity, meaning the more we are really like aligned our inner values with our outer action, and there's no split, like not living a double life, for example, mm-hmm. and really follow that with sincerity, right? Um, there's you will be supported. You know, I think people in integrity are the future this day and age, in, including entrepreneurship. You know, it's about integrity. It's not about Hustling in the sense of trying to be liked by everybody and in, in, in cater to other people in the sense of being inauthentic because you think um, if you say this or do this, you will attract more clients or the opposite yeah. nowadays, right? You know, when like uh, giving into the mob uh, pressure, group pressure, the cancel culture, oh, I cannot talk about this, you know, otherwise it'll be attacked or will, you know, repel clients. That's that's the matrix way. Then you're caught in the matrix. The yeah. future holds people who are truly in integrity, authentically, you know, be who you truly are, stand up for what you believe and think, and you will attract the right people. And you will also repel the people who are not for you. And that's important. That's very important. That's what we've seen uh, in, in our work as well, in the positive sense, right? Like, yes, we're getting people now attacked, projected on all these things we're blocking deleting people on facebook who attack us personally but we attract people who are really like sincere because we show ourselves as we are in 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 integrity and sincerity yeah right? and then doors literally will be open with the doors have not been before the universe what i mean quote unquote whatever divine will support you i mean we had you know throughout this journey since we moved here and amazing synchronicities that happened Right and helped us and guided us to the right people, the right circumstances, and all of that. But I feel the ingredient and the foundation was this in- integrity of just you know following your bliss, what you truly uh, feel you're called to do here. Yeah, exactly. And if people aren't speaking out, just use it as a gateway to self inquiry. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid could happen? Can you work with that fear? You know. Um, Because in the beginning of this, I mean, I've been more outspoken than I ever have in the past seven months. I've also been attacked more than I ever have in the past seven months. I've also been way busier than I ever have before. And meaning with work and one-on-one sessions and even with our upcoming group course, like I've been crazy. I I can't, I have to turn people away, like many people away from doing readings. That's how busy I am. Um, And that's never happened before. And I've been more outspoken than I've ever been before. And at the same time, it's really helped me. um, I think it's really important that uh, we don't, we also use other people's like, um, if you're, if you're not strong enough in your beliefs, then anytime anyone's going to question you, you will break down. So you can use people who oppose your beliefs to actually strengthen your point of view. Maybe they ask a question that you haven't considered. This is given that they're not like personally attacking you, which I don't really engage with. But I'm saying that you can use these times and these challenges to become even stronger, you know, in your own beliefs. And if your beliefs aren't strong enough that you can speak about them, that you can share them, or one person says one negative comment and you crumble, then that's also something to examine. Like all of these internal emotional triggers are amazing opportunities for self-work if you choose to engage with them that way is what I'm trying to say. And so I've been attacked so much, um, you know, uh, on there. I'm not even using Instagram that much, but I get attacked on there. I get attacked on Facebook, all over the place. 
Um, and it's actually made me more, it's, it's, it's helped me understand my own beliefs a little bit stronger. Like for instance, I got called like right wing a lot lately, just cause I don't have the belief of like the social justice warriors anymore because I went through my own process about that, which I shared. And I actually had to analyze, I was like, am I right wing? Do I align with those beliefs? And I don't. So it helped me in that way. So we need to also not be afraid of other people's opinions, because again, that's feeding into the divide and conquer. I'm not saying don't have boundaries. If you have people who just attack you anytime you open your mouth, you know, by all means, like make a boundary with them. But at the same time, we also need to be mindful to not be afraid of the other person's viewpoint or the other person's perspective. And if we are afraid with it, then that's a process of self-inquiry. Which leads maybe to the second point, right? We mm -hmm. talked about the, the fourfold approach, the physical, the, the psychological in, uh, or emotional also ties into that, the somatic work. Because yeah. we talked about this uh, before we started this podcast, you made a good point about, you know, if you don't have really a resource state within yourself or you're trapped in a trauma response, you really have no foundation to really express your quote unquote truth. Yeah. Okay. So can I talk about that a little bit? Yes. So one of the main things that you're trying to um, develop when you do any sort of like trauma work or even self work is the inner resources to get yourself through difficult experiences. And I remember I used to be like all over the place, like little, little thing would happen and I would like flail in my life. But once I discovered yoga and meditation, I was like, oh my God, I can have like the worst day at work and I can go home and do yoga and I can release some of those emotions. And that became a resource for me. And that made me develop security in my life, meaning I knew that even if I had a really difficult day, I could process it. So there's... There's a bunch of somatic resources that you that you you can learn when you do somatic trauma work. We're going to teach it in the upcoming group that we have. We're going to teach it again, you know, um, that help. It's like your toolkit that you help navigate difficult experience in life with. And if you have zero toolkit, then you'll know because some some little thing happens, some conflict, and you just blow up on the person or you just beat yourself up over it. You don't have the resources to get through these emotional experiences. Another way it could show up is if you get stuck in, um, in a depression or you get stuck in a hypervigilant state, um, and you can't get out of it basically. So you either like go into freeze state, you go, yeah, you go into freeze or you go into hyper anxiety and you can't let go. And you see that on the world all the time anyway. So these resources are the tools you have to navigate difficult and traumatic even experiences. So some examples of resources that, you know, like are fundamental to somatic uh, trauma work is centering your attention on the present moment. So this is basically developing the skills of mindfulness to tune into your body, to tune into where you are, to notice where you are, to get out of the story of the head, because a lot of us are probably, you know, as a trauma response, most likely like just gripped on the screen, gripped on the news, waiting for what's going to ha happen. And actually what's going on in our everyday environment is not so bad. So we need to actually learn how to orient to the present moment, which is key. Um, and, and number two is also this thing called dual awareness where you're able to notice what you're feeling while also paying attention to what's going on in the outside world. So you're not overly focused on what's going on in the outside world and checked out on what's going on within you. And you're not also overly focused on what's going on within you and focus on what's going on with the outside world. And that gives you a sense of like reality and presence because usually when we're in a trauma state, we're either fixated on what's going on out there and not fixated on what's going on within us or the other way around. We're just totally fixated on our own feelings and we just don't realize what's actually going on around us. Um, and another thing is also just grounding. So you could do this in a simple way. There's lower belly breathing, which is really great. Diaphragm breathing, which you can easily Google. You've probably done in a yoga class if you've taken a yoga class before. And it also just means getting out in nature and getting out in the sun and just, mm. you know, just grounding yourself in the natural world is really huge. Um, there's also this capacity for pendulation, which you need to build to navigate trauma, which is being able to go into difficult feelings and being able to come out of them. And if you get stuck, that's when you're in a trauma response. So if you, you know, for me, I can give you a direct example. Like I can, like I had to put a limit 
on watching like some stuff on um, Twitter feed because it was like super violent, especially when the riots first started and I could feel everything and how it manifested in me as I was falling into a depression where I would just feel a little bit checked out and just a little bit disassociated and just my mood would be down, you know, because I was getting stuck in that trauma state from watching the news and I had to actually be able to get out of there. So a simple thing to do with that is to have... um, Um, what they do in a lot of uh, trauma exercises is you just have, bring to mind a memory where you felt truly loved or a positive memory in your past. Like for me, sometimes I think about like, you know, traveling or stuff like that, you know, and be able to orient your mind to other thoughts besides the one that's just happening to you. So like if you're scrolling through a Twitter feed and you notice yourself getting into anxiety or fear, or you notice yourself just checked out and you're mindlessly scrolling through, you know, pay attention to the felt sense of your body and orient your mind towards something higher and something better. Um, So for me, like as well lately, which we're going to touch on into the last part, which will probably be in the second hour, it's about aligning with a more spiritual perspective. Like I've developed my practice for the last, like, I don't know, since 2012. And now I can really connect to some higher energy at will because I've practiced it. So that's really the goal is we want to be able to get ourselves out of these um, intense states and sense emotions. And there's a lot of intensity going on. So if you're keeping track of it, you know, it will bring up these intense feelings, but you have to have the autonomy and true like sovereignty to be able to be like, okay, I'm not going to choose to focus on that. And this is what I am going to choose to focus on. And this is going to orient me to something more positive and bring more, um, and bring more, uh, and take me out of the trauma state basically. Yeah. No, excellent. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I think it's can be very helpful for the, our listeners. Um, without getting stuck in this whole information warfare sometimes too, because we're in an information war. Yeah. On that note, um, you know, that also ties a little bit into the third aspect of the fourfold approach intellectual, because as you mentioned, as imp- it's very important this day and age to get out of the head into the body, the somatic, right? Not get caught up in analysis paralysis or disso- disassociated checkout, you know, which all of us can fall into just the death scroll on Facebook or Twitter and we're just like looping in, in our mind and are not even aware unconscious, it's completely mechanical. Yeah. Right. And get triggered constantly by the information and we have no control over ourselves. Um but it also ties into I think we're gonna get into that in the second second hour, second hour yeah, because uh, we're kinda Yeah, I wanna just you know, talk about in a general like touch upon is from an intellectual perspective, also like understanding how to use the mind correctly. And work it in for us, not against us. Mm-hmm. Meaning, especially in this day and age, understanding the basics of critical thinking. Mm-hmm. What I mentioned before, the trivium, right? Um, which trivium is based on grammar, logic, rhetoric, and then that order, research conclusions, uh, and then wisdom or sharing your findings. And most people have put the logic before grammar, meaning they have conclusions, opinions about topics they never sincerely, truly researched. And by that, I mean just not not just watching a YouTube video, reading an article, or Googling things, but really diving deep sincerely, wanting to know what's going on unbiased. Because our biases, well, be, at least be aware of your biases because they will affect everything, right? And then cognitive dissonance and all that comes in. But that's very important in this day and age as well to understand the basis of critical thinking while understanding that the mind and logic is also limited, which goes into deeper aspects of intuition and how are we being able to access intuition to begin with? Because many people say, just trust your intuition. It's easier said than done. We can mistake intuition resonance for all kinds of things that are not that. And most people, if you're in a trauma state, like fight or flight, you're operating at a like very basic survival mode. You don't have access to these higher faculties when you're in that state. It's just a fact. Exactly. So let's talk about the end of the the first hour and the second hour. I want to also talk about recently, I got quote unquote blacklisted by this uh, conspirituality (laughs) podcast. That's not everything we want to talk about though. But part of it, just want to share that real quick uh, by people in the so-called wellness movement industry. They had this whole article of, quote unquote exposing people who dare to question the official narrative or sh- talk about QAnon 
or even talk uh, about against uh, the Netflix cuties and all of that. And that's a great example of lack of critical thinking. Um, but we want to talk about that as well, because that's been very interesting, you know, what's happening in the quote unquote wellness yoga movement and how they have been, you know, hijacked themselves. Like basically this, the, 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 the swamp runs deep yeah. there as well. So actually what, what two things we do need to touch on, because we talked about it at the beginning of the podcast is we really need to go more in depth about, um, look at the intellectual perspective, you know, of holistic right. self-work. Also talk about the um, spiritual perspective, a spiritual aspect of holistic self-work. And we're giving, and we're telling you this because these are like the fundamental tools. When we say do self-work, these are the fundamental tools that you would probably need to look at to work at yourself during these times. So that's the main core theme of this right, podcast. Exactly. And then we'll touch on some other things that have come up because so, it relates to the intellectual perspective. Right, exactly. And then we want to dive deeper also what's happening in the world and, uh, some other information we've come across and share with you guys. And really what's happening now, it's building up to the, the elections. Everything is more intensifying. It's, it's, it's a bit crazy out there. So we're going to look at, at more what's happening on a quote political level as well. And also notice like uh, our course, uh, Time of Transition, Embodied Soul Awakening is full at this point. We're starting it. It uh, starts next week. And we've had 25 Spiritual Warriors signed up. We're very much looking forward to go on the journey together over the next two months of really diving deep into that process internally and externally. And we will have another, um, we're going to keep running this course um, yeah. as well. So there will be other opportunities. And um, yeah, the reason we chose 25 people is also just because we want to keep a smaller closed container for the work that we're doing. Exactly. Exactly. So we have more individual focus, more uh, you know, the container is more contained, <laughs> more yeah. focused. We can go deeper, but uh, as you said, we will have it again uh, starting in the next enrollment, probably early next year sometime. So again, if you want to stay in tune, sign up to my mailing list. And also, uh, if you want to have access to the second part of this podcast and second part of all podcasts, if you're not already a member, you can sign up at my website, veilofreality.com, to become a member. You have access to all the podcast second hours and also access to the membership forum. And with that being said, see you guys in the second hour.